Rusted Bucket Media Corporation. Hey everyone, it's 401 with another episode of What's 401 Listening To, where I sit down with my friend Ben at his house and listen to RTJ3 by Run the Jewels on his home stereo, which is very nice. We kind of talk about it a little bit. Um, ben is a friend of mine. He's an audio engineer. You can find his music on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com cunning music. I guess that's soundcloud.com slash cunning music. And his band Vaudevillain at soundcloud.com slash vaudevillain artist. And I believe they're on Twitter too, which is cool. So without further ado, here is the next episode of What's 401 Listening To, where we discuss RTJ3 by Run The Jewels. And I believe this is Mila's podcast debut, so what up, Mila? Peace. What is the 401 listening to? 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 And then Super would be bigger, and then there's Omni, which would be... We're, we're rolling. Okay. I know how to start. Do you, should, uh, do you listen to podcasts ever? Yeah. What do you listen to? I mean, I'm not, I'm not a crazy uh, addict yet, but um, uh, Tim Ferriss has a podcast that I've been checking out pretty regularly. Okay. And uh, and then there's a bunch of comedians that my brother and my cousin will send my way. So I've heard Marin and Marin's Rogan. Um, Rogan's okay. The running joke is that very few do any like editing of pauses or we'll edit that out. So when I said we'll use all this, <laughs> I was being sincere. This is all this is all going on. Okay. Uh, hello once again. This is the 401 Experiment with another episode of What's 401 Listening To. Today is Friday, January 6, 2017, and I just listened to RTJ3 by Run The Jewels. And I'm sitting here with my good friend Ben Cunningham of Cunning Music and Vaude Villain. How you doing, Ben? Good. Uh, you want to uh, introduce yourself, kind of tell uh, what you're all about? Give me a little background of yourself, please. Uh, I am a music producer that specializes in rock and roll and industrial electronic composition. That's well said. That's very well said. Uh, tell me a little bit about your band, Vaude Villain, and maybe some of the, the things we can expect from you coming up this year 2017 oh man 2017 we will have 10 songs recorded mixed and mastered um i'm shooting for that by april uh springtime of having a lot of work not only from uh jason dave and robert that are gonna be on this record uh, and myself that are performing but 
the history that uh, went into making this thing is, is pretty crazy and it's definitely a, a milestone for myself so this first vaudeville record is coming out and it will be finished in 2017 so it's kind of like it's your it's the, the history of your whole entire group basically is on this first record like how long have you been making music under the name vaudeville um, Vaudevillain is a two, three-year-old project. Jason and I pretty much started it um, by putting together songs and parts that we had um, and then kind of giving it a title, so that's where it started. Jason and I have known each other for... Did Jason come up with the title, Vaudevillain? I can it, It's such a good word. <laughs> Jason is the Vaudevillain. Yeah, yeah. No, I just, I just came up with it. <laughs> Um, we've known each other for so long that honestly some of these songs are over 10, 15, 15 years old. They were little ideas that we had played back in the day, but we had revisited them as grown ass men. Yeah. And we were able to give these things a whole new life and life. And uh, I think they, they have their home. They have a they have a home with us because they are, we know them like the back of our hands. We saw them going in us and we, they just the the time. So that was the foundation that built Vaudevillain. Yeah. And Vaudevillain is definitely a new organism that is building out and, and making new music. For this record, digital. Are you going to release it? Uh, three weeks early like Run the Jewels did or <laughs> it'll be a lot more uh, liberal than that where we will uh, put it online as soon as we, we have it we yeah. want everybody to hear You've it we've been slowly releasing tracks on SoundCloud I've noticed which is which is awesome we, we want people to give us feedback on what we're working on when we're working on it um, we have a really nice collection about to just drop at once so when we get that together, we will four hundred one exclusive. <laughs> we might we might do something like that where we need to uh, we just need to put it out there. But at the same time, we will have a record release party, and we will uh, eventually not only have physical copies, but I'm looking for LPs, yeah, and vinyls. And so that's going to be the ultimate goal because I feel like that's when you've talked to you've got you've got distribution of some sort yeah and that's the ultimate goal yeah okay so we're we're not in the process of di distributing we're in the process of of making right now <laughs> right 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 which is which is very which is really great to hear because i've had the distinct pleasure of seeing quite a few live shows and it's always fun it's a fun time and it's good it's good solid rock music that that you write ben and I don't know if I've Thank ever you. told you that as your as your as your buddy, but right on. Thank you. I yeah, no that. problem. So let's get into uh, Run the Jewels, yeah. a band that me personally, I got into. I think just from kind of seeing it online, first of all, just in little pictures here and there. Mm -hmm. But then, I think I came over here to do a like roadie for a Villain show and. Your brother was over, and you guys were just playing tracks from. It had to have been either RTJ one or two, but we got to talking about LP and how I knew LP from a friend of mine 
who would play LP for me and Definitive Jux and I remember that being like the hook of one of the one of the songs uh-huh. but like I'm like this is LP I know that guy from that so that kind of okay. that's how this was even on my radar but what what's your background with with Run the Jewels what's really cool about that is that Run the Jewels is one of those artists that I uh, as soon as I heard about them and I was a fan because I knew LP and Killer Mike yeah. and I knew their music and I knew what they were doing uh, just kind of as solo artists and um, so when they came together I was like immediately inspired like, what an inspiration these guys are teaming up and using it's kind of like Captain Planet <laughs> you know putting these powers combined with these powers combined you're you're yeah. doing something bigger than yourselves and that's kind of cool when you see that in art so i i really appreciated that yeah. right off the bat you can tell right away that it's not like an individual vehicle for this is like this is killer this is killer mike's well, they were both thing. doing that yeah they were both doing that and and i've seen interviews with them talking about that of we're we were doing our solo thing hardcore but synergy man mm-hmm. then it just kind of boil down to like hey if we're both working our asses off doing the exact same thing but in different lanes and with different vehicles mm-hmm. why don't we combine all of that all of that momentum and force and everything yeah and stronger I, they together did kind of they though. did that though they really that did fucking, that was that hillary's slogan stronger together that'd be ironic was, i'm with her who was Stronger Together? I think Stronger Together was her one of her earlier slogans. I think you're right about that. It was the one You've where it had like all the different... one exclusive. Uh, Killer Mike and LP, Stronger Together. <laughs> <laughs> what were you saying? Uh, they, um, man, when they teamed up, they were... It was pretty intense. Yeah. It was yeah, pretty yeah. intense. Because, you know, I think we, were, we wanted to get into this about them being such a uh, capitalist band... Yeah, they're 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 doing it. And what that means to me is they have a song on RTJ2, which is uh, "Lie, Cheat, and Steal." I'm quasi familiar with. That. Okay, well, that was one of their better, uh, not only music videos and singles, but uh, one of their, I think, well-known songs that I noticed from their older, from their first two records. Um, must be like Blockbuster Night and that song people have probably heard maybe once or twice. So anyways, like, Lie, Cheat, Steal, um, they say Lie, Cheat, Steal, Kill, Win, everybody's doing it. So they're kind of like... That that strikes a... Yeah, that rings a bell. To me, that kind of laid out what they're all about, of like, we are going to expose the bad guys, we are going to uh, challenge and we are going to criticize and we are going to do all of this to society the government to their own fans to mm-hmm. everything of like we want to challenge the people this group is about individuality and standing up for one's own voice I think that that's like an ultimate theme that they have yeah but with lie cheat and steal they're also talking about well everybody's lying to you everybody's trying to steal from you <laughs> and we're run the jewels so we at least are up front about we're it. up front about it and we have this whole brand and yeah. this logo and this thing that is designed gonna, to suck you in yeah but it's for the right reason you're gonna course. run the jewels but you're gonna like it because we're gonna make it enjoyable for you 
give us your money, but wait, we give you these tracks too. Yes, you know what I mean? Yes, and it is an enjoyable experience. The first record, I think it was all about vibe. They weren't trying to change people's minds yet. Right. <laughs> I think they were trying yeah. to get on that they, vibe. It's that hook. You, mm-hmm. you hit, uh, hook, what is it, hook, line, and sinker? You got a fucking hook. Yep. You got to set the hook, and you reel them in. You're going to yeah, lose yeah. me on the, the fishing metaphors, but, but I'll go, I'll roll with them. Yeah. You swatch that. <laughs> so, all right. That's your, that's, in my background, again, I'm very, not very familiar with, Run the Jewels, less familiar with RTJ3, I've probably heard it five times, okay. you know, but I wanted to get over and do this with you, so I figured, this that's a, another thing I do. This was a good record to pick, I think, yeah, because yeah. I was, I'm all about it when it came out, I was like, I'm going to hear this 20 uh-huh. times, just because. And the other episodes I've done have been with people that are familiar, like, uh, They Might Be Giants, I had heard that, uh, we, I did Lincoln by They Might Be Giants. Mm-hmm. And I had heard that album five times when I recorded the episode, and I had heard the band zero times before that. Five times is pretty good. Yeah, but I mean, like, what I'm saying is the person I recorded, uh, DJ Consequence, was very familiar with it. Got it. Like 50 times. Mm -hmm. And and he's got a different kind of mind for music. And I did a Joanna Newsom record that I had never even heard of with another friend of mine, Ray. She's awesome, by the way. This... The next time we do this, and I'm gonna say the next time, maybe it'd be backwards, like an album that you know really well. That was that was the original idea. Who's this little person? This is Mila. No, I meant the the furry one. <laughs> Who's that? What's his name? Um, Bear. Bear. Nice to meet you, Bear. I like your tie. Uh, so there's a little uh, pause in the the uh, the episode. A little station identification. My name is. 401 experiment. Uh, you can find me at rustedbucketmedia.com slash the 401 experiment. I'm on Twitter at 401 experiment. And I really dig really good homemade tortillas and breakfast tacos. Who doesn't, man? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's my background with it five, five times, really. <laughs> and not like this, this was a pretty balls to the wall intense listening session like if I have the earbuds on at home I'm doing something else I'm I go for bike rides I'm like I'm doing this was like sit down with the sole purpose of listening to this record which is another you know conceit another stated purpose of this podcast is to sit down listen to a piece of music and talk about it and not not necessarily critical listening but listening sesh it's so hard to do with kids too Oh yeah, <laughs> but it's, no, dude. But it, it's so funny because I I ha- I pencil in sessions at home to be like you're gonna sit on the couch and listen to this record. Yeah. And literally, like one of my favorite artists will put something out, and I'll have to wait a couple weeks to for that appointment. Yeah, for that appointment, <laughs> dude. I have OK Google now at the crib. Jesus. I have OK Google now. And Who are you, Josh? I know. Who are you? I got my son and. It's the morning or whatever, and we're just chilling, and it's, okay, Google, play Miles Davis. Fucking happens. Nice. It's, I, both hands on the kid, and just whatever. That's it's pretty cool. It's so cool. Babies, I'm sure it's a lot easier than when they start teeter-toddling around, where you can just, yeah, but, yeah, but. Speaking of Miles Davis, what do you got? Bitches brew? Working? 
man, it's a horn. This is a blazing record, man. And it's cool. It starts off with some, like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna mess around and with these chords. Kind of sounds jammy. And then it starts getting real angular and nice. Miles Davis, man with the horn. It's a good record. Backseat Betty, for real. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, so this listening atmosphere we have here, we are in Ben's living room. He's got a couple of big ass Sanyo speakers. Uh, what's the story on that? My whole system in here is uh, put together um, by different things into one surround unit. So I have big, I think those are 11 inch uh, speakers with two tweeters on top, these Sanyos. And then underneath down there is a Melodyne um, subwoofer, which I've had since I was a teenager, and that thing always just kills it, like watching movies and listening nice. to records. And then I have some pulp. Were these on? Uh, we were in music mode, so okay. what you get is an ambient reverb. Oh no shit! In the in the uh, in the rear speakers Hell when yeah. it's in music mode. Otherwise, you can do multi stereo, so it's like left and right, and then left and right. Have you are you familiar with the record Zyrica? Flaming Lips. Four CDs meant to be played on four different systems at the same time. <laughs> I've heard about that, yes. It's incredible. I have it. It's It'll change your life. Okay. This okay. system is ideal for it. Mm -hmm. uh, You'd for, still need four players, though. I know, but having this as mm -hmm. one whole CD mm -hmm. mixed like that, and then you have... Oh, God. We've done it with 5.1 before, as I think we put CD1 in there. And then we had a CD player, and I think another CD player. One of the tracks was a DVD player, and like a... 13 inch TV with those speakers, like the 13 image, con like that was one of the tracks. What? Yeah. And it was, that was, that was a good one. And it was a basement, so anywhere you went, mm -hmm. it was like an, it was crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, and we're, we're playing, what were we streaming it off of? Or we, did you? We were just listening to it on my uh, okay, personal uh, iTunes. iTunes, yeah. yeah. iTunes deal. Because an interesting thing about this record is that it was released ahead of the, whatever, the drop date. They just decided to stream it, just being super awesome about everything. Which is cool, because that's how I got to, that's how I got to listen to it. Yes. Yeah. You probably wouldn't have bought it, because they're new to you. They're they're new to me, but yeah. now having heard it, you know, it's, it's on the list. Yeah. It's def yeah, for sure. Uh, Run the Jewels 3, okay. Track by track is the, the next portion. Track 1 is uh, a title called Down, featuring a person named Joy. And it's a good first track. It's It sort of lets you know, if I was to play this for someone, it's accessible. It's like, hey, the beat isn't too like crazy out there like it gets later on on the CD, but it's a nice... The lyrics are really good. Um, what do you what, what do you think about that? Does anything stick out to you about this one? Those are just notes that I wrote down. <laughs> if I was, you know, if I was a newcomer and I heard this song for the first time, and this was my introduction to not only the record but maybe Run Jewels, it would it would say a lot because you hear Killer Mike come in right off the bat saying, "Okay, I used to sell drugs, but that I I hope that I don't have to anymore." Yeah. And I'm here to make music and entertain y'all. Yeah. And give you something that you can feed your, your people mm -hmm. with, right? He basically says that, and uh, I love that about Killer Mike. 
I just gotta say that. I love how inviting and open and honest the, the man seems to be. And then, and also charming. Yeah. But at the same time, he's got a very critical uh, tongue. And he's got a very, you know, it's very sharp. So, by the end of that first verse, weren't we talking about, he's, he lays out his... He lays out the... the, the his political it? beliefs. His and political beliefs. And everything. Their business model, pretty much. Yeah. The business model is their... That what they call themselves is Run the Jewels. It's Run the Jewels. It's Here, this is our band. Mm -hmm. Give us your jewels. Mm -hmm. <laughs> In the form of, you know, iTunes dollars and fucking Spotify. They got... I, I, I'm interested to see how many monthly listeners they have on Spotify, <coughs> but if there's a band making money off Spotify, it's got to be a band like Run the Jewels. It's got to be like Radiohead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Moonshake Pool is fucking amazing. And what I really like, I really like that too. Yeah. Um, but like, what's cool about Run the Jewels is they've established themselves as a live act, as yeah, well. Yeah, as well. Yeah. And which is really great because honestly, I've lost a lot of hope in live hip hop. There's been a lot of, you know, I I I've seen it come and go, of really good and exciting things. You know what I'm saying? And this is an exciting band. Yeah. To see live, it's an exciting band. Like, when you said, you know, to me about being even, like, in the hip-hop universe, no, I, I do not know, like, what the cycle has been about uh, live hip-hop, but, because mm -hmm. just from my own ignorance, I just don't know, it just hasn't crossed my radar, but being a fan of exciting music, like I like to think that I am, yeah, this is on my radar, because this is, this is very interesting stuff. Yeah. Track two is called Talk To Me. And uh, and I saw that live when the bass comes. In. I saw that live recently, and it was it paid off. It just gave you all this groove and all this excitement that the band knows how to foster. You know, from a record to the stage, they're not adding or taking anything away. It's like the song is structured for that. It's it's structured for a big swelling of, of energy yeah. I think and I really appreciate that it's mixed to festival it's mixed to festival yeah but at the, yeah and at the same time like that's that's saying a lot because you're moving a lot of people hell yeah and that's a big that's a big uh, responsibility yeah yeah uh, we and when we were listening to it I wrote down some notes about what we were talking about we were talking about how these two tracks just remind us how good the album is because we were talking about how this is it's it's a just I wrote down just push play. It's a just push play record. You just you just push play and you let it go, start to finish. Yes, sweetie. Uh. She's quiet. <laughs> it's all that damn chalk that four hundred one brought over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean I don't. It's the more you you try to put them to bed early, the more in trouble you kind of get. Is this early? Uh, this is not early. But what I'm saying is, I kind of either have to coax her down yeah. and slow it down and ramp it down, and that means I have to ramp down. A lot yeah. of times I'm like, I still need to clean the house. Yeah, I got shit to do. I got shit to do. So it's it's kind of a balance of like, am I gonna do stuff and you chill, 
or are we both just going to like go down for the count? And then I get up real fucking early. Yeah. <laughs> and do all this shit. Oh man. Uh, track three, Legend Has It. Best best track on the album, I think. I think we talked about that. Legend, Legend Has It is yeah. my favorite right now. You know, I definitely will leave room to adjust that later on because you never know what grows on you. But uh, that track is so much fun. It's got yeah. some of my favorite lyrics on it too. F- favorite lyrics, a lot of fun. I like the the songs that kind of tell Run the Jewels' origin story, or at least what did I say when they when they talk about people running jewels to them. That's <laughs> yes. always just yeah, because they just fucking do it awesome. Because it's yeah. like. That's the trick that they probably do for themselves the most. Yeah. Like when they're just fucking around. Like they have that song, 36 Inch Chain. Yes. And that's another one. And, and that's like a total anthem, I think, for them because it's just the, is jewel, that the, first one? the jewel referencing. It's so great. I yeah. think that is the first thing, yeah. Yeah. And I walk around like a better 36 Inch Chain. You know, like yeah. that swagger in song form is really great. And then at the same time, you've got. This this jewel uh, image just popping yeah. in your brain. It's great. Yeah. Track four called Tickerton or Rub 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 Live at the Garden. Yeah. Uh-huh. Either that one. Tickertron. Tickertron. What did I say? Tickerton. Tickerton. Templeton. <laughs> Templeton. Tickerton. That's a good rye. Yeah. Pretty good. Pretty good. We were talking about how they lay out their their goal like this is what we want we're putting this out into the universe and we feel like the universe is gonna what is that the secret is that the book the secret yeah that's you the fucking secret. say it out loud yeah they're putting it out say this yeah they're putting it out in the universe because they want to play Madison Square Garden they're definitely watching lots of Oprah that day yeah reruns the old school shit exactly what you believe it's pretty cool like I think I called it aggressively optimistic aggressively optimistic you know yeah like we are aggressively uh, just kind of detailing this uh, this wish and fantasy which totally attainable attainable fantasy which is pretty cool like that's they're gonna play Madison Square they're gonna Garden. do it they're gonna do it this year and and let's you know? let's just hope you know and wish for, with them I yeah think, is it's the, gonna be fucking dope they're and you hear it. that song, you really do get on board. You're just like, oh, yeah. you're like, you know what, guys? Let's make this happen. You know, they they put that. I'm there. <laughs> they put you, that in the song. Yeah. You fly fucking 401 and Vaudevillain out to Madison Square. L, come on. Hook it up. L, we will be there with bells on, man. Yeah. <laughs> Track five is, hey, hey, kids. And uh, hey, kids. That's, that's the club song. That's the fucking, that's the ghetto, like, how? It's a ghetto club banger, possibly. In what situation is Killer Mike saying hey to some kids, <laughs> where it feels like he's 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 on that on that cush so much where he can't even <laughs> he stutters on this hey hey kids like what what's that situation? Get off my lawn. Uh, can you go get me some, a sandwich from the store? Like. I That's honestly and I don't know because I don't know the lyrics to the song what it is that song might be a little elusive to me too of, yeah. of what the actual <laughs> purpose is but I definitely okay. I think it bangs and I think that it was a, a vehicle for Danny Brown to come in and wreck shop because <laughs> yeah. I, I liked you know 
Danny Brown is is definitely uh, an acquired taste in that like. Sure. You won't even pick up on a lot of the stuff that he's saying because of his delivery. Yeah. But then you go back and you're like, oh wow, that's actually really well written. And so I like that about Danny Brown. So we're we're talking about uh, uh, Killer Mike getting these kids' attention. Mm-hmm. Hey kids. And the LP, I, I think, the... says that actually in the beginning. Who? I'm pretty sure that's LP. He says, "Hey, oh yeah, is that his voice? Hey, kids. Yeah. In, in my in in my head, I was hearing it as going like, could I? So we'll, we'll go with sure, LP. But I I have heard it a couple more times than you. So we talked about it, like that's true. And I true. I noticed it probably specifically the other day. Of like, okay, that sounds like. Does this change your mind? Hmm. The parentheses are, Bunaye, which we looked up, and it means kill him. Kill him. Is LP saying that? Kill Killer Mike? Is he telling these kids <laughs> to kill Killer Mike? No, I think that uh, I think that it's a cool chant that sounds pretty. Uh, yeah, I'll put a, we'll put a drop in there. Of it sounds exactly what we're talking about. It doesn't sound uh, nefarious, but it's more on like the uh, provocative yeah. spectrum of. Uh, it's it was Urban Dictionary too. It wasn't like we were checking the Oxford on what does that <laughs> word mean. Urban Dictionary and Genius reported that it's <laughs> we Snopes did. We Snopes and, did. And Danny Brown. <laughs> I gotta say, you said you said it. Acquired taste. It's gonna take some acquiring. <laughs> I can tell that might be too abrasive for me. I can As tell. A, like a not not necessarily like. I seek out kind of hip hop fan, Danny Brown. You gotta to get me to listen to you. You better do some things. You, I'm not sure. You know, uh, I think he's kind of like Molly rap. Oh yeah. So just to put that out there, okay. of like that's we're his in vibe. That, we're in that Lil Yachty kind of thing. No, no, I wouldn't put him next to that guy. I wouldn't put him next to anybody. Actually, I would say that. Danny Brown is a very talented writer. He is a very good performer. Yeah. He can do a lot of different things, but what he's chosen to do is what you're hearing. Yeah. And I think that is a niche that he is totally like filling of like no one else is doing this, I'm doing it, and it might be weird. Uh but there's a lot of planning and work that go into that and I hear it I hear it when he when he raps I'm like this is a a performance on a different level I think we've seen with rappers it's it's, it's a different performance you know and what I'm I can respect that and I can actually get into that because eventually it seems like more of a body function for him because yeah. I've seen him freestyle and I've seen him just get in the zone and it's pretty it's pretty intense the dude is good. Uh, yeah, I've, I, 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 I am open to the idea that I will be a Danny Brown fan. I gotta hear the right thing. I gotta hear the right combination. Of I things. think I gotta hear him enough times. Yeah, I definitely think it's it's an acquired taste, you know, and and strange. So I will agree with you that it's strange. So was beer. So was wine. So was whiskey. So was all my favorite things. Mm-hmm. Why not? Uh, hey, son. Say, Uncle L. Real quick though, Danny Brown was on a LP song off of Cancer for the Cure. Eels. Have you heard that record? I've heard the song by Eels. 
Cancer, there's a record called that? Cancer for the Cure is uh, an LP record. Okay. And that's his last uh, self-titled, and it's really good. Okay. And it's got a song called Oh Hail No. And uh, Danny Brown is on it, and he actually, I think he killed it. I think he did a really good job on it. I'm like, like I say, I'm instantly on board just with the, the title from. Uh, yes. You gotta check out that LP record for sure. I will, I will because it's LP and I know that I like things by him. Yeah. And if it'll get me further into Danny Brown, then I'm definitely on board. Uh, Stay Gold. That's. Uh, it's that song about the significant other. It's just, it's the song you can play for your boo, and she's like, ooh. Because my, my, my wife hates the shit I listen to. Yeah. Just hates it. Everything. <laughs> unless, unless it's a song like this, where right? he's, he's talking about how much he loves you. Yeah. And then that uh, taller, he can sort of see <laughs> So it's this song and a John Mayer record that yeah. you have yeah. on the same playlist. Yeah. And then just every Backstreet Boys song. Oh, yeah. Sure, damn. These Backstreet Boys. Yeah, she's Spice Girls. She's Nelly. This uh, does this song have the have the line? We can't. We just think alike. We can't stop high fiving. Yeah, because I think that's like. Which song are we on? Stay gold. The, Stay the, gold. The boo song. Mm-hmm. And that we were talking about how that just it just brings a smile to your face when you're hearing this this record where just these two guys are just having so much fun. Yeah. Doing this. They've found like the the yin the yang. They've found the perfect counterpart, mm-hmm. and it's just it's fun and it's rewarding to listen to. It's true. I've I've heard. I remember I I heard Ross Robinson, the music producer, describe a Cure album or basically just the Cure the band as like being forgiving, and that their music being forgiving. I thought that was really interesting. It's kind of like what you're talking about with the vibe that they're creating of like this rewarding it's not forgiving it's rewarding it's like a rewarding vibe of uh like like a friendship yeah rewarding like the the feeling you get of having a solid friendship that you put time and effort into and you get something back that's kind of like their vibe yeah it's 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 the brand like you said that they're going for it's it's that bromance, and it's like not grotesque at all. It's fucking awesome to be witness to. Just keep it up, keep it up. Uh, <laughs> track seven, don't get captured. We talked about how this was not not our favorite, but by no means a poor track. Just um, if if you have to rank them, and why would you ever have to do that? But if you have to, you say this is this is one of the weaker ones, but. Still definitely worth multiple listens on the old record spinner. And especially when track eight, Thieves, Screamed the Ghost, is uh, next because that's one of the more musical ones. It does some things on the record for the first time, like uh, there's like a back and forth verse that LP does with himself. Where and Carmine, they both get it. Okay, yeah. And like, like it's like a call and response, where the response is played through like a like a telephone, like that telephone effect where you you peak the mids, yeah, and drop it, yeah. 
like that thing. A little distorted and yeah. kind of far away. Yeah. And, uh, you know what I noticed listening to that song uh, multiple times was that, like, the lyrics, the lyrics aren't exactly call and response. So when they're talking to themselves, they're kind of saying different things. And I thought that yeah, that was okay. really cool because it actually kind of seems like somebody else wrote those words. So does then, I don't know if you've done this yet, but should we later, on our own time, look up lyrics, that and <laughs> see if the the telephone verse from verse one is actually like goes better with responding to the telephone verse ah, like are they linear with themselves not with each other like that Ooh, kind of thing that's interesting and I didn't consider that because what I was considering they said there's a feature on the song and I think it's uh, it's on yeah uh, it's it, he had a pretty interesting name and I, I it's hard to kind of maybe I'll make a drop uh, 401 yeah what's up yeah, could you put a drop in there for Thieves mm-hmm. screened the ghost, uh, whoever the feature was? It's Tunde at Dembibin. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, you bet. And just through the magic of editing, I can make that a nice little thing. God, I'm fucking awesome. Okay, so because there was a feature, there, uh, during the during the chorus for sure, you can tell there's instrumentation and vocals that that's not Run the Jewels kind of deal, right? Nice. So there's featured instrumentation that you hear, but I was thinking that the feature was like coming in there and just writing lyrics and then they were responding to the lyrics that someone else was writing oh cool i had that idea and i was like that that's just a good way to write lyrics wouldn't that be awesome though if, if you did that uh what is it that's there's a there's a cutout method where you you write lines you cut out individual words or phrases and then mix match them uh kurt cobain did that tom york did that okay it's just uh what What's the song by Radiohead that I uh, always imagine that he did that with? Oh, that just seems like it's whatever fucking whatever he's saying. I know what he's saying, but I can't think of what he's saying. Hail to the thief! It's that record. Yeah, and I think just because what he's saying doesn't really make sense with itself, so I'm thinking I had to put it around. Uh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. What, I, what I usually do is I write a bunch of words on a page, like a bunch Ooh, of them, <laughs> and then scratch out all the ones that I don't want to use. So then you just kind of whittle it down. I mean, that's not physically what I do, but maybe mentally. Like, yeah, you start with a bunch of ideas, and then you just you see the, which ones are the ones that actually work or stick. But that's kind of same principle Miss, yeah, mix yeah. matching you're, you're uh, sh- uh, uh track 9 is called 2100 uh, I wrote down boots why did I write down boots what's boots oh okay uh, 2100 featuring a cat named boots uh, so uh, I have no idea who that is and I'd love to hear about him so I read an article about him randomly uh, about how he produced Beyonce's record. Not the most recent one, but the one before that, right? Not Lemonade? Not Lemonade. Damn, fucking pop music is crazy. But I'm pretty sure he was on Lemonade somewhere, because I heard it. Oh man, I think I think that's dead. So, 
Uh, so anyways, before he produced Beyonce's record, he was like living in his car and working at a studio, like kind of as a janitor and, and recording in his spare time from like how they painted that. Good for him. He got discovered by her and kind of like brought to the, brought to the game. And then he basically kind of just like stopped making music for her and went solo and started making a solo record and I saw him open up for Run the Jewels. This at, at House of Blues. Oh. Here. How many times have you seen Run the Jewels? So two times. That was okay. the first time. So uh Boots. I wrote down heat too. Why the fuck did I write down heat? <laughs> I don't know. Uh Heat. Boots was an interesting performance. Uh he kinda sounds like it's like nine inch nails and prints. Okay but in a very strange way, right? So, like, it sounds probably uh, too good to be true. Yeah. <laughs> putting those things together. Uh, but he's got that kind of vibe going for him, so I, w- I think he's going to make some really interesting stuff. Good, uh, good, good. I think right now he's maybe on the experimental phase. Boots. Boots is good. Did I write down heat? No idea. I wrote down the word heat. I have no idea why I wrote down heat. Uh, track 10... Panther Like a Panther. It's got that sick LP acapella intro. Uh-huh. That's, I like that. It, it's cool that it's 10 tracks in, so it's not the track like down where you you, you play that, that person. Ooh, what's, what's this record? You play that. Ooh, I, it's just accessible to me. You play track 10 from, they're going to be like, this is, this is too much, maybe. I don't Like a square. Like, if you're going to play this to a square. Yeah, I can see that. It's a little... Down would get a square into Run the Jewels, I think. I don't think you're 10 right. would. I got you. It's, like it's, it's a little too grimy and gritty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Murky. Uh, track 11. But wait, wait a second. Hold on. 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 Yeah, I want to talk about how... Go ahead. Panther Like a Panther has a, a awesome uh, hook that makes you feel good about yourself. Oh, like... The, the yeah, I'm the shit. I'm the shit. Yeah. I'm the shit, bitch. You know, like that's fun to say. And then also going back to 2100 with Boots. Please do. I think that's a great song. I think the the beat is awesome, and that song has more heart than. I'm interested to hear. I want to say like that. on on that scale, it's got the most heart. Mm-hmm. And they when they dropped it as a single, they said they did it because of you know where the world was at politically. Yeah, and tell me about that, because you said they... Did they release it as a single, or did they release it as, like, a push kind of deal? They released it as a single, just with no no uh, advertising, from what I saw, other than our, we released a single. Yeah. They weren't, like, leading up to it. They just dropped it. And when they did that, they had a message that said, uh, you know, we're kind of concerned of the, the state that we're in, but we want to spread the love, essentially. Mm-hmm. And this song has a lot of heart. It's got a lot of love, but it also has a lot of warning. And, you know, cautionary, cautionary, a cautionary tale and, you know, inscribed in it. I feel like that's what this record is all about. If you look at the beginning, the middle, and the end, they're warning you. What's wrong, sweetheart? Water, 
we've been listening to Boren Ander Club of Gore too. So if you can hear that background track, that's that. That's B O H R E N. And I saw it as an ampersand, so try that. Der, like the German, the D E R, Club of Gore. So far, uh, I'm very impressed with it. Talked about how we were listening to Gore and Ender Clubber Gore. <laughs> He's seriously one of my favorites. I love, I love the mood. Yeah, it's aw- I was, yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> this is like the stuff if, if I were a painter. Oh yeah. This is what I would paint to because thinking music. Yeah, I love that about it. And and you can write. You could actually write words. Yeah. And not be like influenced. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I asked Ben, I'm like, uh, this is interesting, we have good speakers here. Let's, uh... Uh, let's, uh, put on something that can just be in the background, and sometimes you can hear it, sometimes you can't, kind of situation. And I suggested Brian Eno, and he's like, I don't have Brian Eno, but I have these guys. And talk about hitting the nail on the head. You know what? Boren and Brian Eno are almost an anagram. <laughs> <laughs> almost. Eno's in there. Uh, yeah. We got a B R E N R. B R E N O. Interesting. It's funny, right? <laughs> Maybe that's what made me think of it so quickly. It could be. Uh, track eleven. Everyone say calm. I don't have any notes written down for this one. I don't. I this one doesn't. Uh, I'm sure if you put it on right now, I'd. I don't know if I title it as well. This is the one that's why I It's a very chill track. I would, I would say it's very smooth and grooving. All, all of it's really grooving. This whole record has a lot of really great grooves. Yeah. But uh, this one's like chill. You don't try. Easy to chill to. Oh, I, I wrote down. There were some Mila interruptions during these two oh, songs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bro, that'll do it. Yeah, that'll fucking do it. <laughs> yeah, three and a half. I'm surprised it hasn't happened more often, to be honest. We're, we're, all, we're all straight there. That's victory. Victory. Track 12 is Oh Mama, and that's got that Nine Inch Nails riff. That uh, just kind of... I did... You, can you place where that's from? What song it's from? No, can you? Yeah. What? I think you're thinking of The Fragile, The Record. Uh, clear, yeah, that's the one. And uh, I want to say it's like we're in this together now, or one of those tracks. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it could just be as simple as being the same notes, like the same melody that he he has, kind of like a through line, even on this new record. It could be. A it's s- that step down from the downward spiral. Yeah, he's got one of that's happening here. Do, do. That's on the downward spiral. Mm-hmm. On this new record, it's or something like that. Are you but talking about Run the Jewels? Or are you no, talking no, about no, Nine Inch no, Nails? Uh, Nine Inch Nails and 
his new his new record that he just released, the EP, that five song affair that just came out. Oh, okay, that's what you're talking about. The yeah, new, the yeah. new one, new one. Like on the downward spiral, there's this melody, and on this new one, there's this melody. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, no, you guys still have that rag from earlier? Yeah, go get the rag from there. Yes, take the orange one. Do you understand? Yeah. Okay, let's do it. Okay? Yeah. Let's go. Yippee! Bye bye. Close the door. Yeah. Dude, I. Do you remember when you were three? No. <laughs> like, I have flash memories from when I was very young in diapers. Yeah. Like flash, like flash memories from that. Specific occasions, I think, start at around four or five. That's what I'm. That's where I'm at. Yeah. That young? No, no way. I don't no. think so. And that's what really trips me out about it is that I don't know what's going to register. All I know is that it's going to morph her into the next yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. And that thing is going to start remembering stuff. Sure. <laughs> so that's where we're at. We're like, dude. Okay, things are still like, like. Concepts are elusive yeah, yeah. To, to these these kids, you right? At this point. It's insane. So you can kind of bend it in different situations. And yeah. Uh, track 13. Thursday in the Danger Room. This, you said, was super musical because it's got this Kamasi fellow. Uh, Kamasi Washington. Kamasi Washington. He is a... Back player, what do you call it? Contemporary jazz musician. He's having it now. Yeah, and he plays sax on this track, too? Yeah, I mean, it's in addition to doing what? Um, I don't know. I mean, basically, until the liner notes come out, I have no. I'm only speculating. Yeah, that's a it good point. It just says featuring, and I hear sax, but I have a feeling that he composed some of these arrangements uh, for the chorus. Right. Uh, some of the. Some of the lyrics deal with either being killed or dying, uh, visiting visiting someone in the hospital that's had a traumatic event. Uh, and one of the one of the ending lyrics is was killed for a chain, which kind of has a certain amount of irony coming from a band called Run the Jewels. It makes me think it was the name Run the Jewels in addition to being sort of tongue-in-cheek about their business model, is it, is it a reaction to an event in one or both of their lives where a person that they knew was killed for their jewelry in like a fashion? Is it like a memorial to that? I don't know. We'll see what Ben thinks when he gets back. We can cut here. Have a nice little sip. It's not like we're fucking running out of tape. Am I right? That's where her concept of time is. Like it's either it's, how much it's either count. ten seconds or ten whatever, <laughs> ten um ten years basically. Like, uh, in the book Watership Down, it follows. Have you read it? No. Uh, follows a group of rabbits of English hares. Okay. And so it kind of you get into the psyche of them. 
and anything over five, anything over the number five is infinity. Yeah. They fucking can't. They have a they have a name for it. It's. Uh, I remember fiber. That, they, fiber remember was the book. fifth born, and he it just after that doesn't count. <laughs> That's awesome. What were you gonna say? Uh, I have I've, I've definitely heard of that book. I think it was maybe like read to me when I was really really young. But other than that, there's a video. I, there's a cartoon. Okay. Did you maybe see that? That was that might have been it. Okay. Oh, it was like a whole movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, I was talking about how Thursday in the Danger Room talks about dying or visiting a, a friend who has suffered a traumatic event in the hospital. It tells a story of that. How like I had to console his mother. How. Oh, yeah. I had to console his woman. Yeah. If I meet you on the street or if you went to jail, I hope you find the peace that you didn't give us kind of thing. And it's yeah. the, one of the last lyrics was, he got killed for a chain, mm-hmm. which is like the concept behind, you know, run the jewels or I'll kill you for your chain kind of thing. Yeah, that's really heavy. Super heavy. And I'm wondering if, was that, aside from being the business model of run the jewels, we're give you this, you know, give us your money, we'll give you this talent that we were talking about. Could it also be a memorial to this situation if it's indeed true? I mean, they could just be spinning a tale. Like, that's, that's a story that's happened on fucking NYPD Blue. I mean, I mean, that's really they could interesting. could just be rapping about that. Because if it, it, I don't think, it didn't sound made up to me. It sounded like. Oh, God, no. They're also very talented writers. Yeah, it sounded like Mike was, uh, was talking about a buddy and really kind of opening up about it. Because I'm sure he. It's very possible that that this is a true story. Yeah, his but, history is is matter of record. You yeah, know that he, yeah, yeah. But I'm gonna I'm gonna switch gears to what what you're saying plays devil's advocate of. Okay, well maybe they're just telling a story that is that is branded. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that is really like, interesting hey, that you brought that up. Because I will it's a branded... I'll steal the King of England's jewels if he's slipping. Yeah, ha ha ha. Mm-hmm. Also, people get killed for this, and it's traumatic for everyone involved. See, that's like that's what this is what we call ourselves. It can be funny. It can also be serious. These that are different. That sounds stories. like something that like Tupac would have done, right? Sure. Like he would have been like, because that's what he did. He was just like, yeah, you know, look at me balling, being thug life, going to the thug mansion, yeah. and then. Painting the the terrible picture of like yeah, the underbelly, but, but also Brenda's got a baby. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. Let me tell you about my my girl Brenda. Yeah. <laughs> and the last track, a report to the shareholders: colon, kill your masters, featuring Mr. Zach De La Roca of uh, One Day as a Lion, uh, uh, Rage Against the Machine. And I used to name know the name of his man that he was in before that. Called something. I I do not recall. I do not know. But uh, it's inside out. It's, it's cool. It's 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 their it's their economic uh, sort of what uh, what fucking Unabomber what manifesto. That's the first time I learned that word. Unabomber <laughs> manifesto. No, you're right. I was thinking the same thing. Where. LP kind of opens up on this track where you don't see him on on the other tracks doing this where he's he's talking very candidly and he's saying he's talking as himself rather than LP the rapper and I think that when he says uh, you know he's talking about when I started this group 
you know, I wanted to get a little bit adapt. Like, yeah, I'm the fucking man. You know, like, yeah. those lines. Uh, he then starts talking about how he wants to make a difference, I think, and, and really enrich humanity with their music. I think that that's what he's trying to say, and that's what he's trying to do. These guys are obviously having fun. <laughs> We've talked about this. Yeah, yeah. And having a great time making music and, and being friends. But I think that that is their ultimate goal. I think that that's what they're trying to say with this record. Is that they want to lift people's spirits and their minds. Open their minds. And like allow them to be aggressively optimistic. To be... To be uh, the opposite of humble, which is uh, a line, a line that uh, Killer Mike says, which is kind of cool. Where you're like, you know, it's we're always humble. Everybody's always humble and kind of reserved and regard, you know, like like yeah. guarded, right? It's just man, it's manners, but but it's guarded me. <laughs> but it's it's also appropriate to to stand up for yourself and to uh, and to be confident yeah. in in just who you are not like you know, not like what you're doing you just, that can just come off as being a dick so <laughs> yeah there's a fine line there's a fine line yeah but I think that that's what they're talking about is like they want to uplift they want to warn us of the terrible things that could happen if we don't you know pay attention and, and question things if you get caught flipping if we get caught slipping, don't be captured. Exactly. Exactly. So, so now... It's a fucking concept band. This is a concept record, in my opinion. So yeah. Look at the theme. At the beginning, Killer Mike comes in, and we talked about how it's, it's very inviting. Looks down and, and uh, lays the groundwork. Yeah. And then the last song, LP comes in and says, Look, I'm going to level with you guys. This is who we are. This is what we want to do. And this is... Just how we're gonna do it, basically, and it's very, it's very, like you said, manifesto esque. Yeah. But then what happens? Kill your fucking masters. Is the next thing that happens. Yeah. And the last thing that happens, and kill your masters is a very bold and violent statement. Yeah. And I, uh, you know, the one thing that I don't like about it is the violent part about it I think it kind of negates some stuff that they're saying but it's a great concept and it's a great idea and if they're being if if their idea of their manifesto is we, we will be made successful because of you we are your masters kill your masters like what is that what is that saying is that saying like yeah we get it I actually it's, it's a bad sitch you should try to rise above it too kind of thing there's there's a Huxley line so that's another artist under kind of music but you know not trying all this yeah not, no Huxley is is a, a project that I work on right now that you say that yeah so I'm not going to try to do this often but very poignant of this concept of own the masters was was the line that we came up with awesome Kill Your Masters is, I think, on the same exact level. Oh, yeah. You know, it's just said differently. So I think that I kind of prefer <laughs> my version, right? Own the Masters. But Own the Masters because it translates to music. 
own your own masters. Yeah. <laughs> right? Make the record labor work for you. There you go. Make the promoter promote you. But, okay, let's go back to Run the Jewels. Kill, kill your masters, and then Zach De La Roca comes in. Uh-huh. I gotta be honest, my system was cranked when I was listening to this for the first time, and I was stoked that my neighbors weren't around and I could just blast yeah. it, and Full I did. Wolf barrels. And I'm telling you, when his voice hit that beat with that shit blasted, I got hype. Nice. And it was just a cool feeling. And I like Zach De La Roca on LP Beats. Nice. And I think the way he rode this beat in particular, it seemed like hit like poetry. It seemed like he had written a bunch of poetry. Uh-huh. And then he just kind of like jumped in on this thing and started freestyling. It just had this very yeah. organic vibe to it where he wasn't trying to to spit this furious flow. It was more like riding this giant wave with you know with his poetry. Yeah. And that was really cool for me. I, I, it felt really great. So every time I hear that track now, I get a little pumped. A little bit. Yeah. And it's a good ender. It's a very good ender. Yes. It's a high energy ender. You, so this is something, because you've never seen Run the Jewels. When right. You, when you go to see them, uh, I've heard them say this multiple times. Uh, before they play the song, close your eyes and count to fuck. Which features Zach De La Roca. Yeah, um, the first one? Or second? The second one. Uh, they warn people to put away like their valuable glasses, like eyeglasses, phones, whatever they got that they're like kind of fiddling with. They're like, you know, fold that up, wrap it up, put it in your pocket, because uh, shit's about to get crazy. Hmm. And when they played House of Blues, I shit you not, the whole place erupted. It was like a mosh pit in the center but like a friendly one yeah but it was like the closest thing to a fold your spectacles <laughs> a fold, fold thine spectacles in thine pockets With put away smashing put away your pocket watches and your <laughs> monocles pretty much and uh and it was pretty cool because they you know they warned us but they really built up the you know they built it up by doing that, yeah. but at the same time it was true. Once when they dropped that beat and it that that beat hits hard, sure, and it's aggressively fun. And uh, it, I haven't seen a show like that in a long time that had that kind of mix, like party, but at the same time just grooving hip hop. Responsibly, responsible party time. Uh huh. I like that. Well, that's it. That's that's Run the Jewels 3. Uh, after that, Ben and I, uh, he played me the new Zach Digging for Windows track, which was fucking cool. And apparently uh, LP had made mention that he's sitting on, sitting on a whole record of him and Zach, which is We're looking forward cool. to. Yeah. Uh, Wait that. You want to talk about your, you want to give your, your day for night story again? Anyone that might want to hear it about UC and Run the Jewels? Man, all I gotta say about that show was that it was great. The the crowd warmed me up from when the temperature dropped and the 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 rain was icy and coming down hard. Uh, I actually thought the stage was gonna collapse. I'm not even joking. Uh, one of the legs of the lighting truss. So you have this box of truss. You know what I'm talking about, like uh -huh. the, the beams and everything. 
uh, one of the legs on the, the right side looking at the stage was totally slanted by the end of their set. Like, it was leaning like this. So all the other legs were straight, but this one was like that. Uh-huh. You have so much equipment hanging from these things. Yeah. Right? So, uh, and I'm in production, so I know this, and I've, I've worked with these things and how dangerous, you know, I've, I know people that have died working with these things. Uh, sure. I thought Run the Jewels was going to die. I was actually worried about that for a second. I was like, if this thing comes down, one of my favorite rap duos, they're going to be toast. And I was worried for them for a little bit. I wanted them to keep playing, but I also wanted uh, them to live. So they ended up uh, closing out a little early and then coming back for an encore. And it was perfect. So they played the perfect amount. And I think after them, they shut that stage down. And did some repairs. And it was done. Yeah, the next day, uh, everything was repaired. Damn, that reminds me of the 2006 Minnesota State Fair. The bill was <laughs> Magic Numbers, Sonic Youth, Flaming Lips. 2006 Flaming Lips. Yes. Uh, at War with the Mystics had just dropped. So I'm with my friends, Minnesota State Fair. We do the whole day. We get there at noon. Shows at dusk, 7, 8, around then. Uh, whole day at the fair. Six o'clock uh, rolls around, maybe five thirty-six. Just you can fucking see the wall cloud coming over. Mm-hmm. Dark shit's about to get fucking hectic. We don't necessarily have GPS on our phones. We can't see the weather. We don't really know. We were at the fair all day, uh, but it's it's gonna storm. Mm-hmm. A half hour of downpour. Oof. Downpour. Uh, we take refuge in some some state fair bus thing. We're like, if this keeps up, we we have to leave. We can't. The the the, the show's canceled. Mm-hmm. We don't know the show's canceled, but it's it can't happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, clears up. Beautiful day. Yeah. Like half hour before the doors, and uh, we get there. We file in, and they're like, ah, stick around. We don't know. We can we can try to get the stage. They're saying this over the things a little bit deeper. We can try to get the stage dry. We don't know. So we're just milling about. Wayne is there with a squeegee, squeegeeing out the stage. <laughs> and uh, fucking just the this night sky, of course, after a storm is gorgeous. The sunset, everything's fucking groovy. Mm-hmm. They end up saying, "Yeah, we're gonna do it. We had to cut uh, the Magic Numbers, which is a small band." Mm-hmm. Sonic Youth goes on. Okay. They start playing Teenage Riot. Nice. Everybody's talking about the stormy weather. Nice. Awesome set. It's fucking Sonic Youth live. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Flaming Lips get their stage production out. They bring Magic Numbers out to play like three or four songs, so they get to play for the state fair, which is super cool. Yeah. And then Flaming Lips go into their set, which is transcendent. This Uh is my. It was my first Flaming Lips show, but it was 2006 Lips, which was. Positivity and the confetti can they've got super dark lately. Oh, gotcha. But this is confetti <laughs> okay. cannons, this uh-huh, is uh-huh. bright lights, the the stage was orange, uh-huh. uh, Cliff was still with him, he was just was fucking nobody had relapsed recently. It was, <laughs> it was great. It was <laughs> super fucking cool. Uh, so when you were telling me your day for night about the, waiting out the rain and then being oh, rewarded yeah. with it, I'm like Oh, I should tell my yeah, story. and it really sucked because uh, I got kind of pulled away from Apex Twin, 
and I really wanted to go back and watch the rest of Apex Twin. Yeah. Uh, but I was there for like maybe three or four more tunes, and then we had to catch an Uber and get the hell out of there. We were just like drenched yeah. to the bone. It was so cold. It's just like you start shivering and convulsing. Uh, just maybe not as layered up as we should have been, probably. Yeah. So I remember being right outside of the wall for the festival, and uh, Apex Twins right there, and that's when like, just like the shit is just like getting intense as fuck, and you're just like, fuck, I wish I wanted it was on the other side of this wall. Yeah. But you just know, you know. So that's what he was doing. He was playing ambient shit forever. Yeah. Just that build up. But he was building out, and from what I heard, he was like testing the crowd a lot and he was just like throwing out stuff to That's see cool what they would do, do that. yeah man and and you're talking about people flew from all over the world to see that show to see that guy play and when was uh, the last time he played it's eight plus years Five. yeah and so that's from what i know and, and i was like you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna just imagine being those people, me being like just waiting that long to see this thing and being there, I couldn't, I couldn't fuck with that. Essentially, I was just like, yeah. I would just, I was there to enjoy it, but these guys were just, you know, they're just, well, they're just living a dream. Be it. Yeah. <laughs> they wanted to be that, right? Why I'll say not? one more thing. One O Tricks Point Never was really interesting. Were I'm, they at day tonight? Okay, you told me about that. And that was an experience like I've never had uh, in a live setting before. That'd be crazy. So I've, I've tweeted them a little bit. Yeah, and well. Bjork Digital was very similar to that. The very, the, the kind of, uh, just the kind of vibe and the, uh, the experience was, you're just, you don't know what to do. You're not dancing. You're not singing along. You're not doing anything. You're just absorbing. You're like, uh. Yeah. And uh, I thought one of the tricks point never was like, the best at doing that. It was like it was a pleasurable experience, even though very weird and perplexing. As a as a performer, someone that you know wants to play instruments and like do stuff on uh-huh. stage and like have all these things. Yeah. Like this was more like no, you sit your ass down and you experience it, and that's that's all you can do. It's like a more of an astral projection than like a dance hall. You know, like. Yeah. <laughs> What's that about? I wrote down Reagan YouTube. I have no idea why. Killer Mike. Okay. The song is called Reagan. Killer Mike. And you have to watch on this called Reagan. You have to watch it on YouTube because there's a, a sweet animated video. Sweet animated video. Well, I suppose that's just about it. This was Run the Jewels, RTJ3. Thank you, Baron and your Club of Gore. Thank you, Killer Mike Reagan. Thank you, Vod Villain. Thank you, Cunning Music. Cunning Music. Thank you, Huxley. Uh, thank you out there, wherever you are. Thank you.